Welcome to this special edition edition of Pod. Uh, you may notice our usual host isn't here today. Instead, instead of me here at Wastonage, I'm Simon's deputy on Project Setpad. Simon's still here, but here, but he's kind of seen recording us for technical stuff, and then he's kindly, kindly host this edition, which, which is going to be taking a close look at the recent Iranian elections. So we've got, we've got a one round table of guests on our program today, and, and we're also very, very proud that they're all Setpad fellows as well. So it's a wonderful effort for our experience expertise. So firstly we have uh, Dr. Luciano Zara, who is, who is a research assistant professor in politics at Qatar University. We have um, Abba Hashem, who is, is a journalist from Al Jazeera. We have Dr. Hamid Kalantantari, a research fellow in international relations of the Middle East at Royal Holloway. And last, last but certainly not, Olivia Glombitsa, who is currently a jump professor of international relations at the Autonomous University of Barcelona and the Open University of Barcelona. So, welcome everyone, and thanks for joining us. Joining us. Um, if we could, we're going to start, I think I think I'd like to start with the election itself, and firstly look at the build build up. Um, obviously, a lot of debate around the, the list of can- candidates as decreed by the Guardian Council. There's a, a couple of high profile profile mission, of course, um, um, like Ali Larijani and Mahdahmedinjad. Um, if I come to you first, Ali, if I may. Um, can you give us a bit of a snapshot of the build, the build up and this and how this played out on itself, please? Thank you, Edward. Um, matter of fact, I think this election build up started with the end of the 2017 uh, election. Is uh, losing to Hassan Rouhani? It's the time when he he started betting, though he's always saying he's not going to run for the next election. Well, it was when uh, him and his team started preparing, preparing for the uh, elections. Preparations started a uh, long time, time ago. Um, also, I'd say um, another uh, potential uh, candidate who was later uh, fused to run. The, the Guardian Council turned him down. Uh, Ali Daljani also started his own. Uh, the sections also a bit earlier when he uh, didn't run for the 2020 parliamentary elections. He was the speaker of the of the but he didn't run. He was preparing also to be one of the uh, candidates. And later on, many names were, were appearing. Um, a, lot, a lot of research articles were written about the military president and people, searching people from uh, from, from, from the RGC might be running and uh, maybe even uh, winning the elections, but this proved to be um, not, not really accurate. So, so till May, May 2021, things started really uh, build, building up uh, with respect to the real uh, scene. scene. Uh, that's when uh, we started uh, seeing candidates going to the uh, interior stream, submitting their own candidacy. Of course, would have taken into consideration some uh, names that were uh, uh, um, around with respect to the election. For example, Jawad Zarif, this is the fact he denied several times he's going to, to run for the elections. Yet, he was one of the names, the big, big names, the strong names. And later on, when the leaks came, or, or any chance for him to run on was like omitted. So, at the end, end uh, we started uh, having uh, prominent uh, Iranian politicians uh, submitting candidacies. Uh, Ali Larijani, uh, 
Mahmoud Ahmadi Najad, of course, Ibrahim Raisi, um, also IRG uh, uh, officers such as Sayyid Muhammad um, and uh, many others, even Hussein Dahkan. Uh, later on, on some of them decided to withdraw. Others were uh, turned down by the Guardian Council. And uh, surprisingly to, to me, Ali Larjani was uh, the Speaker of the Parliament, who is very uh, close aid to the uh, supreme supreme leader, is the guy looking after the China NFI in Iran. Iran know that there's a strategic understanding between Iran and and China. So with all the uh, with the, all this folio, Ali Larjani was uh, uh, was refused or was uh, turned down for the elections, and this made a lot of wheels uh, for analysis and questions. Even at the end, uh, him, he, he himself asked the uh, Guardian Council for kind of explanation. The Supreme Leader later on after a week also also called kind of, of compensation. This was misunderstood. As for Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, the former president, his hang uh, uh, the decisions the, 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 to, to, to was expected because of uh, several issues regarding his, his relation with the whole establishment. Previously, in 2017, he also uh, used by the Guardian Council. So it wasn't really a, a, a surprise. Um, it is like Lingiri was Hassan Bani's deputy, also was one of those who uh, decided to, to run, but wasn't able to cross this hurdle of the, the Guardian Council. At the end, we had six, seven names. Seven Ibrahim Raisi, Salili, Ali Rizalani, Qadi Zadeh Hashimi, Salili, we said also, Abdel Nasser Himmatiti, and Mohsen Ali Zadeh. I just need to, to see his name because of his name. And he was the reformist. Uh, he, he was a deputy uh, vice president, and he was also mayor in, in uh, uh, Quran and in Asistan. So the, 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 the picture was that there were five strong uh, principalists or conservatives uh, called in media uh, candidates uh, with almost one agenda and two. One of them is Abdel Nasser al Himmati, who is the, is the uh, the uh, governor of the Central Bank of Iran, who was the governor of Central, Central Bank of Iran, is more close to the Rafsanjani line of thought, thought but he's more of a technocrat, uh, if we're going to really uh, assess him. And the, the, the reformist uh, candidate. And this election was going somewhere everyone knew. So we saw the uh, campaigning. campaigning was very little, except for one major uh, event in, 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 in Alawar uh, that, that saw tens of thousands uh, coming to, to uh, uh, Raisi's uh, land. There, was, there were no really uh, strong uh, campaigns as like 2007 or 2013. Uh, this election was overshadowed with, with coronas. This election was uh, overshadowed also the rise Clubhouse because of, of I mean people resorted to to club clubhouse to do uh, uh, campaigning. For example, we saw we saw many of the uh, 
candidates going on, on large rooms of, of 8,000, 7,000 people, looking to them, trying to, 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 to uh, convey their own messages. Uh, some of them, of course, um, or most of them, didn't really uh, uh, pass council uh, uh, such as such as so this was in in, in general the picture and then things things started going into the what everyone was expecting an election without retreat competition and an election uh, with with a clear uh, uh, president uh, a clear candidate candidate who is going to be the president that is Ibrahim Isi uh, and uh, some weak uh, candidates uh, facing him, and, and as, as you saw in the in the results, results, Isi got, got like, more than sixty percent of the votes, and the, the second one, uh, papers, third was Mohsen Rizal, who I got to mention, and the fourth was Abdel Nasser Nasser Hamet, almost eight percent of the votes. So. so this is this is this is the dog. This is the, the pictures I can see. It. Wonderful. Thanks very much, Ali. That's a very thorough um, treatment of, of, of the build-up and the, the various candidates. I mean, I first those points you're making on, on the, the diff difference in in the na nature of the caning for, for the obvious reasons of the pandemic, but also the fact that you have house, you have uh, very different different campaigns running. And, um, I think it's really really interesting, perhaps. So look out for it in the future. And you finish off there by talking about the, you know, kind of results. And if you think, think about polling itself, if I can come to you next, Luciano, there was a lot of talk about, you know, the turnout, as, as we've discussed, and, and how this might impact on the election results. So for, for you, what's, what were the, what the, the, the point, point in terms of the actual election in itself, and obviously the, the outcome, of course, with, with, with the winner? Well, uh, regarding... In the turnout, as you, as you say, many things were written in a, in a instance. There were several polls that were predicting, even of polls that were, that were predicting that the turnout would be the lowest in the presidential elections. And actually, uh, uh, it happened the lowest uh, turnout that uh, uh, resisted in presidential elections in Iran, not the lowest, lowest in all uh, in all elections in Iran, but were at least other electoral processes. In 1980, 1988 and uh, 1985, wrong. Uh, that that uh, which um, uh, as as some experts, elections and municipal elections uh, got lower were uh, participation rates. I mean, the legislative last year, sorry, um, they, they had 37 was the lowest uh, turnout ever in the, in the history of the Republic and other two electoral processes. And there were other other. Uh, processes, uh, even presidential ones, that they they register f around 53, 55 uh, percent or more now. So lower low, low uh, now is not uh, been common few fewer in, uh, uh, in the Islamic uh, Republican history, but of but of course all the noise uh, made around the. Uh, they expect low turnout here. A lot of discussions discussion to pop up, and they will happen in the in the in the in the, in the future about what does it mean having a low low turnout for the legitimacy of the political system. And this, this is something that has been a discussion for, for a lot of 
time in, in Iran, every time there is a, a regarding the, the deification of candidates, turnout, etc., etc., there is always this, this uh, argument about legitimacy. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, um, that they are equally legitimate uh, or um, that all the, of course, most, most of the candidates qualify and more important, no, were no um, official representative, someone representing the 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 in, uh, incumbent uh, administration because Mabi was not actually representing uh, uh, Rouhani Anshan and reformists were hesitant at the last last minute to support him. So in that regard, there was no real um, camp from the reformist and pragmatic camp. This, of course, reduced the interest of Iranian uh, two parties for the first, first time that the uh, the invalid blank votes in the Iran they are counted together uh, um, by the second position in the choice of uh, Iranian voters. So um, C got sixty percent of the votes, blank and. Uh, invalid votes they got 13 percent so more more than second candidate which was Reza, Reza. and these are, are two many two, two very important uh, uh, figures that everybody will be, be discussed for several uh, years uh, because as, as i said what is under the discussion how legitimate made this election what i keep saying is that uh, Despite the fact that the low turnout existed in previous elections, nobody doubted the legitimacy of uh, these institutions. At the end of the day, the president, whether um, the uh, internationalizations or, or third powers uh, recognize or know the results, they have to deal with the foreign minister that is designated by 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 the, the president. And this is, this is the more important outcome in this elections. Right? She is the next president. Whether we like it or not, uh, whether it was voted by most of the Iranians or uh, there are a lot of uh, things that we said about about, uh, about uh, participation. Of course, Tehran, Tehran was the province and the city, the capital uh, city with the lowest uh, turnout uh, register, which is giving a strong signal to political establishment about what is going on in Iran. It, it cannot be, I mean, uh, this the fact that I see one with a high uh, percent, he competed against this anyway. And, and the second um, most potent option was the blank, blank, and this uh, strong signal given uh, to the establishment about uh, what is going to happen in the future after electoral process. On the other hand, Raisi himself is aware that is not as popular as he should, should be if he wants to be the leader of the Islamic Republic. So he needs to gain more legitimacy, more popular support, and this is going to be built up in the in the coming in uh, four year, years, even right here, I mean, as uh, Ali mentioned, uh, uh, there were many planes. The leader Jani, his, his brothers of the Gladijani, 
even Raisi, when the list of candidates was uh, released, he complained that I don't have anybody to compete. And this uh, was showing that he was even worried about com not not competing with anybody, winning without any competition. This is, this this would detrimental for his own uh, popularity. And I think that this is a, a, an interesting point that is going to attract the the attention of uh, Judaism uh, scholars in the in the in the coming years. As, uh, we need to see sort of the broken down down to small cities and towns to to to, to figure out where, where voted more uh, for for radio or for options or the people voted more for uh, invalid or made their their, their votes to, to invalid in Tehran. Uh, there were were four hundred thousand invalid votes and uh, Hemati only got got three hundred. So even in Tehran, is supposedly uh, stole for for reformists and practiced the, the reformists or the, the people who who were used to vote for reformists and pragmatists obviously decided either not to vote or to uh, make their votes uh, invalid. I think that the I will leave it, leave it there. Of course, we can we can, can keep discussing about these issues, but I think that these are the main issues. Right. Thank, thank you, Chan. And that's 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 really really fascinating. When you when you talk talk about differences that we don't know yet in terms of the the you know more provi provincial um, spread spread of votes and and uh, and how it compares with Terra, Terra, I think you know certainly this this point we've we've, we've raised a couple of times already as about um, the number of ballots or invalid ballots. I think you know you know one that's that's one perhaps proxy for over for you know explaining people's dissatisfaction with this with with the spread of bullets um and uh, um i'll be really interested to see how that does affect uh, kind of sense of, of, of legitimacy exactly as you say um, um so what our winner we've got uh uh president-elect of the judiciary, or soon to be former head of the judiciary, Irim uh, Raisi. Um, Ahmed, if I can come to you next, what, what can you can you tell us about who's to become Iran's next president? Please. Thanks, Eddie. Good uh, to be the with you all day. Uh, there have been a number of good and comprehensive pieces popping up about uh, Raisi. In last months or so, uh, if I want, if I want to give a brief profile. The 60-year-old Ibrahim Raisi was was born in the of Mashhad. And for those who are interested in all of space in politics, uh, uh, to this end, he he is from the same city that the same leader Ayatollah Khamenei and the and the speaker of the parliament Mohammed Bagher Qalibaf came from. At least it is known about about his close. Mm -hmm. uh, Family. I mean, yeah, yeah, has two daughters. Uh, except for his father-in-law, Ahmed Alamal Hodal Hodal, the hardline and the prayer in the in the city of Mesha. Uh, Raisi currently, as you said, had, uh, several uh, prompt, uh, positions within the Islamic Islam public political order. At the same time, of course, until he officially starts start his year. As the uh, president, he, he remains the chief justice of Iran. He also is a member of Iran's Ex expedient discernment council, uh, 
Uh, he's also a deputy chief of assembly of experts, uh, the deliberative uh, body empowered uh, to appoint the Supreme Leader on, uh, as well as a member of Iran's Supreme National Security Council. Why uh, he has been, been a key figure in Iran's judiciary for the last, the last uh, couple of decades, he became household name as potential successor of, of uh, the Supreme Leader as Ian Luciano pointed out back in uh, 2016. Uh, then, then serving first deputy head of the judiciary, he was appointed by uh, Ayatollah Khamenei as the new custodian of one of Iran's most important and wealthiest religious foundations, uh, the Ostan Qodqodsazavi in Mashhad. Uh, and this is when he's a star as prominent political fair in Iran started uh, so to, to, to Shima, uh, when he announced uh, or speculation about uh, him run, running uh, for the 2017 presidential elections, uh, record of a meeting from, from 1988 uh, was leaked. Uh, this basically uh, an episode in his uh, life uh, in post-revolution, which uh, you would with many many commentators in in the West uh, talk about, uh, and this is when Raisi became known to many many observers as a member of the so-called death, death committee, which uh, oversaw the secret execution of political prisoners in the year of uh, in 1988. Uh, in the tape, he and other committee member, members uh, came on under a, a, a kind of heart, heart attack from then the duty leader Ayatollah Montezuri for their role in the executions. However, Ray was, was a junior prosecutor, merely following the order of uh, the leader, either Ayatollah Khomeini, uh, at the time. Some argue uh, that therefore his role in the committee has exaggerated by uh, many, many others uh, in, in the West and inside country. I, by no, no means, to uh, diminish his role, but uh, actions of the committee are well documented, cannot be denied. How, how Scrutinizing the tape, uh, the conversations, and the, and the context of the meeting with Montezuri would give us some insight about Raisi's character. Uh, the 27-year-old deputy prosecutor at the time uh, clearly and quickly, quickly accepts the objection of, of his superior about uh, carrying on with the execution. He lacked. Uh, agents uh, one would say at the, at the time during that meeting he characteristically is not as, as formidable as his, his uh, predecessors let's say as as Ahmedinejad, for example uh, he wasn't then and i believe he's not today uh, that that could factor that makes a great match for Iran, iran's uh deep state uh, uh idiot, at, at least of now uh, this end, one might argue that his devotion to, to the acquisition of power 
and to get along with the, with the debate, with, with, with the PM, so to speak, is much more important than his ideology posture. Uh, back to the chronology of uh, his political career, he went on and lost to Rouhani in the 2017 presidential election. And long, long after, he was appointed by Ayatollah Khamenei as the chief of the judiciary. In the last two, two years, his name and face have featured regularly in public debates and national media, media uh, turning, turning him in readily recognizable figure, figure across the country. Uh, and indeed, this name recognition groomed him uh, for this election. Raisi uh, owes his prominence today to a campaign seemingly, seemingly being driven by hubs of, of power in Iran that has aimed over the, over the past couple of years, past six years, to portray him as a humble and an corruption figure. Uh, during his tenure as the Chief Justice, uh, he, he had this to crack down on uh, some corrupt figures, some of them directly related to the previous Chief Justice, his former, former boss. Uh, this has also brought him the title of, uh, uh, that's an interesting title of Abraham, Abraham the Irekeh, emanating uh, from the, the Quranic story of the Prophet Abraham who is famous, among other things, uh, for his stance, corrupt activities. Uh, he has been portrayed, portrayed as a politician, a descendant of the Prophet, uh, who, in contrast to the, the current Prophet Rouhani, uh, is constantly in touch with ordinary people. This is how, albeit uh, the turnout was record low in history of Iran's presidential election, uh, at the end of uh, the day, he convinced almost 18 million Iranians uh, that that is the right candidate uh, on this last Friday. Friday. Uh, as it was, was men mentioned in Ali's and Luciano's remarks, uh, this election was was wrecking from many aspects. I want to uh, wrap, wrap uh, my notes about crazy and his life, life pointing out to one of uh, those records which, which concerns the president president like himself uh, raisi has become the only incumbent candidate who'd lost one election in iran came back and won the, won the next one uh, to this end he reminds uh, me of uh, uh Nixon, who'd lost 1960 united states presidential to jfk ran again and became the U.S. president in 1968. Many, many might want, I among them, that uh, their racist tenure as the president of Iran and his foreign, foreign policy bring about uh, with seen uh, from the hardliners, uh, Nixon, uh, uh, whether going to witness uh, Nixon and go to China, unfolding again in, in Iran and its foreign policy. Uh, I think this, this, uh, the uh, stage is set, but on, only time will tell uh, uh, what's going to happen. Right. Thank you, Mohammed. That was a fascinating picture of, of the man himself. I mean, you know, this son who's held 
really significant positions within the, the Iranian poly polity, um, and not without press controversy, of course. Um, and I, I think those battles with Nixon are, are great. Be fascinating, actually. And, and um, I mean, it is quite a turnaround in fortune, really. But as, as you rightly pointed out, that there's a sense of groom for this um, over the last few um, years. Um, and it actually brings us quite neatly a nice, neat segue. So thank you for that. For that, in terms of uh, races, potential relations with 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 the, with the rest of the world and in foreign policy. I think you know got a really interesting picture of, of who the new president is, and we've touched on some you know, some important aspects of his support and what and around. Um, uh, we'll come to what we think presidency might portend, uh, portend in, in a moment, but. Um, Many of us have us here, and you know, uh, those who are listening are, of course, interested in what this means for Iran's foreign policy and whether, whether that will indeed have any impact on some of the issues facing, facing the Republic. So, if I can come to you, to you earlier, I was wondering um, if you might be able to sketch some of that out for us. Do you think do you think um, you know, he will have much of an impact or a change, or will it look remain business as usual, usual for the Republic's foreign policy? Thank you, thank you very much. I'm very delighted to be with you all. Um, Talking about foreign policy under the newly elected president is effectively looking into the future, right? And this so even more uh, because because we actually we have not seen um, the new president in action as yet yet, and he has not had at any foreign related position to today that we could use to to make um, predictions from. So I guess, I guess what we can do in order to approach this question of, you know, what foreign policy, policy could or might look like, um, there's a couple of things that we could, we could and should consider. So first of all, and also for the listener, listener might not be as involved with uh, Iranian politics, right? So Iran's foreign pol policy is basically not um, made by the president and or uh, his cabinet. Uh, it is rather a product of, of negotiations and com competition of various individuals and institutions. So, uh, officially and in line with the Constitution of 1999, foreign policy matters actually lie in the hands hand of a council that, that is called the National Security High Council, uh, or also the, the Supreme National Security Council. You can find both, both names. Um, so this council is basically in charge of foreign policy, whereas um, the Supreme Leader leader is in charge of ratifying the decisions or the the suggestions that they make. So the Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei is the last word on all foreign policy decisions. So in fact, fact, we look at this would indicate sort of continuation in foreign policy, right? Right. Mm. But however, then we have also seen that individuals also matter and their personality fact. And I've seen that for for example in the United States in the past couple of years, to give you know, an example there for Iran. And in the United States we could vividly observe um, um that the president, his worldview and approach have significantly impacted on the United States foreign relations. And this is similar similar case in Iran where the leanings and inclinations of individuals, um, politicians in this case, had their mark, mark on foreign policy. Hmm. So in this sense, it is also important to consider and mention that the political landscape is not homogenous. It is composed of an array of different individuals that not necessarily share the same view on all, on all 
all issues. So Iran foreign, foreign policy, accordingly, is not a monolith either. So new presidents leaning inclinations towards foreign engagement will matter in, insofar as they are likely to facilitate or complicate it, Iran's relations. And can look back uh, at the different different presidents that we have already had in Iran. Now the current president Rouhani certainly is very different from his predecessor Ahmadinejad, and again certainly Ahmadinejad has been very different from. Um, links of uh, Muhammad Hatami, right? So uh, to say, yes, parties do matter. So, so do we know about, about the new newly elected president is that um, he's certainly uh, stammed already by media as, as, as a hardliner, as more conservative as the current president. And we have also heard now from Muhammad, um, Characterized him as um, an Indian individual, um, uh, as devoted, devoted also, also to the system sense, amongst other things. So um, this will also, also make mark on foreign policy. Of course, it remains to be seen how, in the end, it will play will play out in the room beyond. Great, thank you, Olivia. And I think what you really hit upon there. Upon there. Thank you, thank you for answering in this way is the complexity of Iranian, Iranian policy decision making and, and really limited um, room for maneuver that the president has has but you know the emphasis think that personality is important you, you know Iranian presidents are essentially almost you know some sort of them as a bit as a bit like Iran's diplomats in a way, way you know beyond ominous because they are actually going and giving the message message they go on the, 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 the statements and trips so although they don't have the um, same in, in input um uh, they they do still still play a big role in, in Iran's relations with with other with other states, um, uh, and they're and they're to consider. But of course, there is a lot of getting into the future all of this, and perhaps um, we might engage in a little of that now. If I if I could all ask each of you in turn, in terms of what we might expect from the new president over the next certainly the next four years, but potentially the next the next eight years, we're in the second term. Um, and what are the things, things, defense we might see pragmatically and in terms of foreign policy? If anyone wants to engage in a bit of futurology, I guess, as to what you know the next, the next years might look, look like, we could start with you, Ali, please. At one respect to Iran, it's, it's a bit difficult to, to, to foresee, I mean, for the future because, because every ever of something new, new happening, but in general, I think that. Uh, see, in case we are going to uh, go with the with the narrative that he is to be the next supreme leader, which is something I do not not believe uh, is hundred percent going to happen. It, it might it might not have happened. Many things might change from now till then. Then you know we don't, don't know how many years Ayatollah Khamenei is going to live. We don't know. What's going to happen in Raisi's first four years, and in case he's going to continue for another four years, in all this easier. So, first of all, I'll try to, to see things from Raisi's uh, uh, lens. He's, he's keen on having a successful term. He's, he's keen on changing something in the system, on having a leg legacy so that when he wants or whoever, because, because there is a lot of 
ECC. ECC is just one person. But he's, but he's right now, yeah, there is, there is a, a, a Mr. ECC, the president, and there are many people behind him who are pushing Rai to be somewhere else, maybe in a few, in a few years. And I don't, don't see, for example, that Ayatollah is one of those who put all his eggs in one basket. It's true. He's, he's supporting him, he's backing him, but he's also buying him. It's, it's not something that uh, is guaranteed for Raisi that he is going to be uh, replacing one day, or seeing, sorry, one day Allah Khamenei. He failed in his uh, uh, coming years. I think things are going to, to be complicated for. It's key to come out uh, with a legacy, it's uh, key to come out with successes, especially to um, batting corruption in the country, the economic situation, and trying as, as much as, as, as he can can to, to gauge. At least this, this is the this is what, what I see from from from, from, from what he's, he's, he's saying, from what he said during the, uh, um, uh, the debates and um, looking to some some of his, uh, of his uh, people, his aides, um, his own, and, and they, they are trying so to come out with a new uh, political card in Iran. It's not anymore the principalists. These people, people are calling themselves the Hezbollahis, these revolutionary, new revolutionaries. And uh, they believe that they are uh, inventing the, the first steps of the, the second step of evolution that Ayatollah Khamenei announced in 2019, I believe, 2020. So uh, this is what they see themselves doing. Uh, I think these people right now are creating what we can call, and it's not only Raib, but, but the whole team around Raisi and lobbying for him. After of Khomeinism, we are starting to view the uh, emergence of Khamenism. That's it for me. Thank you. Luciana, uh, did you have to add to that at all? Yes, uh, well, I tend to agree agree with uh, Ali, uh, Ali speaking. I think um, depending on what uh, are the objectives and the timings, uh, we don't actually when the next succession and leadership will will happen. But uh, we have four to eight years years to to to, to whether the rise is, uh, is is going to be the next one or not or is it going to be the chosen one or not. In any case, I think that the main priorities uh, I see are, um, of course, foreign policy and uh, so solving the problems that, that Rouhani was able to fix in the, in the last eight, eight years, despite the fact that the, the, at the beginning they had the benefit of the, of the nuclear. So uh, I think he will have a, have a very high profile in in, in foreign policy, because because he will be much more dedicated to internal problems. I think that that yesterday everybody was worried about. I mean, all the news and articles that they were published yesterday uh, uh, surprised about the uh, right seeing that he not meet the, the United States and the United States need to come back to the JCPOA. This is the same narrative that Rouhani was 
deep in, in the last uh, few years. I mean, since the uh, United States pulled from the JCPOA, so there's no, no much difference between, between the worst thing and now and what is what is going to happen in, in the future. And the fact that the right is not going to be the American American president, no, no Iranian president ever met, met a U.S. president, not Rouhani. When they signed the, the deal, they only, only had a fall in 2013, but they avoided uh, both Obama and Rouhani. They, they avoided to have a picture together. The picture taken between Kerry and Sarif, uh, because of course, I assume that it's complicated for both presidents to have a picture together. So it's not that, uh, that, that is a surprise from what we heard yesterday in the press conference. On the other hand, uh, right, he mentioned that he wants to have good relations with neighbor uh, countries and knowing there, there have been uh, uh, secret conversations in Saudi Arabia uh, going around and around. Uh, I think that, that we expect that there uh, would be improvement in, in the relation between Iran and neighboring countries, country, mainly uh, Saudi Arabia. And uh, the most important thing that we are discussing these this days, uh, of course, Raisi will not negotiate uh, some aspects of the military program, the, the Iranian military program. Uh, but on the other hand, he said that will should any deal that is benefiting uh, Iran uh, security and interest. If um, the, the current mission is negotiating something in Vienna, uh, and this is going to result in uh, uh, re revamping of, of the GPA, uh, he will accept that. Uh, I think, think we expect that he will not uh, cancel the deal as soon as he assumed him, uh, which is, I think, is a very uh, interesting step uh, that he can take. And we, of course, we should follow up. Uh, some, some scholars or some analysts are arguing whether, uh, as I commented before, Mm, Raisi is, is not as clear as he should be, he wants to be the leader. So if his final objective is, is that he needs to create that popular support, and he cannot elect the more, more 50% of people that, that they did not vote for him. He needs to attract from them in ways and by new restrictions in the political system in the society will not make him more pop popular. So probably he'll um, form uh, his government in a way that he needs to attract attention, not only through through popular measures distributing cash, because because probably these people already both voted for him, but maybe the people he needs to attract the people that he did not like him, him he did not for him. Uh, this big proportion of China he needs to attract. Thanks, Luciano. Um, Olivia, if I come to you, you next, please, about your thoughts for what the uh, presidency might look like. Thank you, Edward. Well, I guess so much has has, has been said, and considering that is quite I and then he just started. Um, again, what we know, we know, I guess, in with what we know, and we do not know, I mean, what we know is that he really, really faces numerous challenges on the six scale, but also on a foreign policy scale. Um, and as now, just Luthier also mentioned that um, uh, 
what we have seen in, in terms of foreign policy, the steps that have been taken so far, so far, tiny steps down, down right? Verse one was to say that I, I will not meet with the U.S. president. But this is what we have seen. And as Luciano said, this is in line with, with what had done before, that this was the line of, of, of actuation. And, and this is this is followed. Um, so to, to, to make a projection from here, of course, it's difficult. And I also said that, that in Iranian politics, that um, Mexicans is, 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 is difficult it is the, the, to see the, to the future. future. Um, it's not e easy, things are changing. Um, nonetheless, the fate of the, of the, of the president, success of the president will depend on, on how he can face all these issues that he has to deal with. And the foreign, foreign relations particular role, role in that, right? Thank you, Olivia. And last but not least, Mohammed, uh, if we can get your, your take on the next four to eight years, please. Thanks. I uh, quite agree with what, what has been said about uh, the prospect of, of Rezi's uh, presidency. One note which I may add is I don't think I see. Uh, I mean, first of all, uh, when it comes to foreign relation i i am among uh, those which believe believe that uh, uh, the general and uh, like kind of uh, the attitude of your foreign policy is not really in the hand of uh, residents in iran so it's more like, uh, decision which is made within Iran's supreme national security council or other top echelon uh top level of uh, iran's uh, political regime so for ex for example i believe that uh, the current talks in vienna will uh, going to be concluded uh, fairly soon perhaps perhaps racy uh, starts his tenure and, and uh, that would, would uh, inevitably uh, bring some uh, breakthrough for Iran's financial situation. Uh, what what I uh, want to add is Raisi doesn't have four or eight years to deliver. He has to deliver quite soon because of the pandemic situation and economic situation uh, inside the country. Uh, the, the market, the financial market has uh, uh, responded quite uh, well to to his end. So for the last couple of days, uh, the index, index has been uh, ascending uh, and been positive. And I believe that uh, the situation in Iran domestic is going to be, be uh, at least for some time a bit better than the last days or last months of uh, President Rouhani. Uh, but uh, I, 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 think uh, it is more change in Iran's domestic uh, policy policies that we are going to witness rather than the general uh, foreign policy changes. One last point which I might uh, add is iran uh, at foreign foreign policy sphere is going to lose some of his assets i mean 
I, I, I mean, that's inevitable. Like Zari, who has been quite a, a, a quite an ambassador for for Iran's to diminish uh, the hard line line or like kind of crack down the any contests against against uh, Iran uh, in uh, uh, internal. Uh, in the international community, so so this that is the challenge that uh, raises uh, presidency uh, will face. So perhaps we are going to, going to see much uh, more like a kind of uh, share, uh, perhaps on human right front against Iran coming from outside. Which might uh, hurdle those activities in some side, but except from that, I think think uh, within the different policy, uh, we are not going to see massive change changes or formations. And inside the country, uh, apart from uh, you know human rights also or, uh, women rights, all, all those uh, freedoms, freedoms, we are not on the uh, on the race agenda. Uh, I, I assume that at least for some time we're going to see, see some economic breakthrough, especially now that uh, all digital uh, power are in hand of uh, so-called hardliner or so they are from same same camp. So uh, that's what. I could say about the near future. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think some really interesting points raised there um, in, in terms of, terms of the potential um, economic situation. I, I think everyone agreement that there are no major surprises like being foreign policy because of the nature of foreign policy decision making and. Um, I think that's as well domestically, you know, he's a, he's a safe pair of hands, um, and, you know, and, and I, think, I think he hedging his bets a little bit, as I'm sure, uh, uh, not wishing to overstretch that or commit too much to um, any kind of radical course of action. So this is a sense of amendment as well with all the main centres and the rest of politics being you know, within the more conservative faction as well, I think will also, also perhaps help help expedite certain decision making processes as well. So also going to be an interesting one to watch for, for sure. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, everyone, uh, for your um, contributions to the very incisive, very diet as ever. Um, I hope our listeners enjoyed it as much as I certainly did. Uh, we look forward to welcoming you again soon, and, and then goodbye. goodbye.